This is Tom Vargelettis with the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer Podcast, Episode 8, Getting Paid. Okay, so we've completed our photo shoot, we've delivered our files, now we want some money. Actually, depending on your business model, you might be trying to get paid before you deliver your files. You can ask for payment up front in advance, you can ask for payment at the time of the photo shoot, after the photo shoot, before you deliver files, after you deliver files. When is really the best time to actually send an invoice or say, hey, pay me? (laughs) So it's going to depend on your marketplace and on what you're comfortable with. If it's common practice amongst other pro photographers in your area to ask for payment at some particular, if it's common for other photographers in your area to ask for payment at some particular point in the process, just do that. Your clients are likely going to be used to it. If they're not and they go ask someone else, they're going to get pretty much the same answer. That's a pretty easy way to go. And if you're not sure how to figure that out, call up some of the other real estate photographers in your area and or nearby and just say, hey, I want you to do a photo shoot for me. Um, How soon do I have to pay you? Will you send me the photos and then let me pay you or what? Uh, Do that a couple times. Just ask those questions. Don't give them a bunch of information and say that you're, you know, doing some mild corporate espionage to figure out (laughs) how they run their business. But that's an easy trick to just figure out what everyone else is doing if it's not immediately forthcoming. And once you've figured that out, I mean, if you're just not comfortable with it, maybe a lot of other, maybe a lot of other photographers ask for payment in advance, like when you book the appointment and say you'd rather ask for payment on the day of, you can do that too. It's not going to ruin your chances of getting a client. But if you, if you, but if you can't decide at all, go with the flow. Um, when it comes time to actually ask for payment, how are you doing it? Are you going to ask face-to-face, say, hey, it's this much, can you pay me with cash or check right now? Are you going to accept checks? cards, cash only. You can obviously take any combination of these, all or only one. In my case, I take cards and in my case, I can take any kind of a card payment and they do it online. So I actually have a little dongle for a card. Um, I actually have a little dongle for a card So you can swipe a debit card or a credit card and pay that way in person. But normally what I do, because I base my invoices on the square footage, if I'm doing floor plans, I wait until my floor plans are done before I send over the invoice. For obvious reasons, I hope. (laughs) Because we all know if you tell a real estate agent, or really if you told anyone, hey, the invoice is based on the square footage, what's what's it going to be they're they're going to round down for you (laughs) you know they'll give you a nice even number you know hundreds of square feet lower than uh, what the property actually turns out to be and i base my invoices on the square footage exactly for very specific reasons you can look forward to an episode 
on pricing your work later. For our purposes here, that's how I'm doing it. I'm sending invoices usually after the work is done. I've only had an issue on getting paid from one client to date. And uh, maybe we can get into that one a little bit later. But for now, once you know when you're going to ask for payment, you want to think about all the different manners that you can get paid and if you're willing or ready to accept them. Because remember, if you want to run everything out of a business bank account, you might want to only accept payment one of a few ways. And you also need to be disciplined about how you accept things like cash or checks. It's easy to set up a point of sales system. It's just an app on your phone and an account online. But if someone gives you a check, are you just going to deposit it directly into your personal account and transfer to a business account? Are you even using a business account at all? This is going to be important to figure out for tax purposes and accounting purposes later on. But say if someone does give you cash or a check and you do have a business account, you need to think about, am I going to deposit this cash directly into the business account? Do I put it in my pocket? What? Because if you need to be really strict with yourself financially, and you know that if someone gives you cash and you put it in your pocket, you're going to go and spend it on whatever, then maybe you should tell people that you don't accept cash, that you know it's check or card only. And that's something that I had an issue with when I was a bit younger, not a whole long time ago, but I would take cash and then I'd go out and I'd, you know, buy dinner or something. And what that does is it creates a sloppy accounting situation. It's annoying to deal with if you really want to stay on top of your accounts and your numbers and you want to be, um, you know, strictly following the tax law. So when you're setting up your accounts, just be aware of, you know, what are you going to do to accept these payments into this account? When you're setting up your point of sales online, there's one great service that I work with all the time, and it's PayPal. PayPal has a great service for businesses. You can set up a business PayPal account. You can use it almost like a checking account. And you can even get a debit card linked to your PayPal business account. So when you go out to make business expenses, you can put it on your business account, on your PayPal card. And that's great because they give you statements and they give you um, the 1099s or the W-2 forms. I don't, I don't even know what the name of it is. But they send you the tax form at the end of the year, uh, which is so convenient because you know they just do all the math for you, adding your transactions up. You also have some interesting reporting capabilities in PayPal, and you can access most of the services in an app on your phone. You can get the PayPal business app. You can create and send out invoice emails that people can pay online with their card. It's just really convenient. And man, that debit card was a game changer for me because I constantly have to go out and buy office supplies. Or if I'm hosting a lunch and learn and I'm bringing you know, a bunch of sandwiches or something, it's a lot easier to pull out a card and just buy with that than it is to try and find a, a place that takes PayPal through the app or, you know, all those other weird ways that just haven't quite caught on yet in 2018 of uh, buying things. 
So in my business, I primarily email invoices. And after that, I accept payment. My clients usually pay online. Some of them have said, hey, can I mail you a check or meet up with you and deliver cash or whatever. And I do that on a consistent basis for some clients. They just prefer checks and they don't want to use anything else. I've had a few people that didn't trust PayPal. I mean, PayPal is this massive company. They're handling all of eBay's transactions and who knows for how many other businesses. It's, it's really a reliable company. The customer service can be a little difficult sometimes, but overall I've had a great experience with them. And this isn't a sponsored post or anything. I just personally like and use their service. I've tried out Stripe and a couple other like Square Cash. And I, I've just really had a good experience with PayPal on the long term. Even QuickBooks invoicing, I feel like PayPal is just more convenient to use, better user experience. And uh, the fees are low too. And that's another thing we need to think about. The fees, the credit card processing fees. If you shop around, you're going to find at this point, you know, as low as 2 3% per transaction. And for just a couple cents on the dollar, it's worth it for me for the convenience of everything and all of the other services that go along with PayPal, you know, the ability to send and track an invoice in the first place, the reporting features. It's really handy. But if you want to save up those pennies, which some of us really want to, I know I'm a penny pincher when it comes to certain things, you can opt to do checks and cash only. Just keep in mind that you're going to need to send out a lot of reminders because you don't want to spend half of your day tracking down people to try and meet up with them, pick up a check or whatever. You want to try and get them to bring the cash or the check to your appointment if you're going to do it that route on a consistent basis. Because the whole, oh, don't worry, the check's in the mail, you'll get it eventually, that that doesn't really fly with me. I, I really get uncomfortable if I feel like people are blowing me off. And it's not because they don't want to pay, except in this one case I can get into. It's more like they've got so much going on. You know, who who has all this time to sit down and remember to write checks? I mean, maybe they'll do it with their other bills. But what, are you going to wait for a month until the next billing cycle for their more important things? Uh, it's not really the way to go for me. I've, like I said, had great success with emailing invoices. Even after the work is done, I just email the invoice over through PayPal. I get confirmation that it was sent, and then I just send them a reminder text. Hey, the invoice is in your inbox. If you could pay it, that'd be great. If for some reason I misspelled their email address or something, um, they'll get that reminder text from me and say, whoa, I didn't see it. So then I can actually help them get access to it. Uh, that's another thing. If, if you send out email invoices and just, you know, cross your fingers, hope they'll pay it right away. Uh, it's good to make sure that they've seen it and that they actually have it and can access. I know that I've accidentally sent an email into a black hole somewhere uh, and just wondered why that realtor never paid the invoice. You know, I'm scratching my head thinking, you know, hey, they said they really liked the photos. So what's the deal? That's usually the case when it comes to not getting paid promptly. I have had a couple instances of an agent who had me do a photo shoot and then say, oh my God, I can't pay you. This happened and that happened. 
and then a tree fell through my roof and then I slipped on ice and, and blah, blah, blah. Like whether it's true or not, um, you, you still want to have a contingency plan for people that might say, oh, you know, I'm going to pay you, but it's going to be at this time. So in my experience so far, that's been true. That wasn't just someone trying to blow me off. It was just a matter of me asking them, okay, well, if you say you can't pay today, do you have a date in mind when you will be able to? And, you know, for me, that agent was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do it at, at this date once this check thing goes through and then I can do it. And then I marked it in my calendar. And then when that day came, I just sent him, a, you know, another text message and I resent uh, the invoice via email and, you know, they paid up. So it's really easy to deal with. Some people need more reminders than others, unfortunately. I make a habit of checking if I have unpaid invoices. And if you're doing multiple photo shoots a day and, you know, one or two people here or there is forgetting to pay, after a few weeks, you're going to have a long list of invoices to go through. Um, don't let that get too long. If you have more than like two or three people that haven't paid up, you you need to find out what the deal is with them because you can't let that getting just stacked upon and stacked upon until suddenly you have way too many to go through in a sitting and you just feel like you're wasting time chasing these people down. If you've got a couple people that haven't paid yet and you know it's been a day or two since the photo shoot, call them and, and have a conversation. If you can't get them on the phone, text them and send an email. You know, don't be aggressive. Don't be like a crazy ex-boyfriend or girlfriend um, just harassing people. But you want to be on top of it. Don't let it go too long because it's really easy for a busy agent to forget. And then the agent is all of a sudden like, wait a minute. Uh, did I ever pay you for that? It, it just seems kind of unprofessional. You know, because if you're trying to run a business, I mean, you can't actually run a business without an income from the business. So you need those invoices to get paid just so you can stay in operation. And if you let so much time go in between just taking care of, you know, pretty humdrum and simple activities, it's not going to reflect the best upon you as a business person or a manager personally. So just you want to really stay on top of, of getting those invoices out and then of gentle, friendly reminders to uh, have people pay your invoices. You know, I'll send a reminder like a couple days afterwards if it wasn't paid and then um, pretty much every week after that. Through PayPal, it has this great feature where you can check all the unpaid invoices and you can send every single one a reminder unless they had received one within seven days so i know i'm not sending people a reminder on friday and then a reminder on monday and then another one you know a couple days later i'm i'm making sure to to do that so i can kind of use it to send out mass email reminders during the busy season i was at a point where there had been like 10 people that it took them like a week or two to get paid. And you got to stay on top of it because that's your income. And that's for work that has already been done. Don't let people go too long with unpaid invoices because they're using your work to sell a house. And their commissions are big. Even if you are working on a highly reduced and discounted commission, 
Realtors are going to make more money when they sell a house than you are for one photo shoot. I mean, if they're asking for commissions in the $10,000 range plus, you know, I have a feeling that for $10,000 plus, paying a few hundred dollars for a photo shoot is insignificant compared to the end result that they are looking for. And at the same time, actually promoting that listing and getting buyers and making the deal happen isn't possible unless you have high quality photography to get people interested in the house in the first place. So getting paid, it's important to stay on top of it. I've gotten myself into trouble by not being on top of it. And this is the one case where I actually had someone refuse to pay me at all, like outright tell me, no, I'm not giving, I'm not paying for that. No way. And, you know, then we had to get into some legal proceedings, which was, it was really uncomfortable for everyone. And it shouldn't have happened. But, you know, I, I kind of got myself in trouble on this one. And I'll tell you what happened. So this agent I had met with on one of my prospecting meetings, I did a little presentation. We're smiling and we're laughing. And he told me right to my face, he said, you know what, there's something about you. I just really like you. I'm glad that that we met and we had this opportunity. And he was a great guy. He took me out to lunch a couple times. We had a grand old time. And then he starts booking appointments with me. And I had looked him up before. He's a really productive real estate agent. And, you know, he calls me and he books two appointments on the same day. And, uh, you know, we go on location. It was during the first photo shoot with him in the morning that I started to get the feeling that we might have some issues. He kept trying to ask me for discounts and a little bit of money off of this and a little bit of money off of that. And wait, could you bring down the price of this? Well, if you don't do that room, how much less could I save her? You know, it was weird. Usually when you have someone that's making a lot of money and they understand the value of the service you're doing, especially with the cost of the photo shoot relative to the commission they're making on the sale, it's usually not an issue. So I, th I thought that was kind of strange. It was certainly unusual. But, you know, maybe that's just his personality. He wants to see if he can, can get a deal. So I said, you know what? If, uh, you know, because he seemed like such a nice guy and we had such a great little budding friendship and, you know, I wanted us to both be happy with the work and work together for a long time. And I said, you know what? If you can give me two photo shoots in one day or more, I'll do this for free and I'll do that for free. And he says, oh, great. What a, that's perfect. Great deal. Definitely we're going to do that. So we did the two photo shoots on that day. And I sent over the photos. And he tells me, oh, my God, I love the photos. What a great job. This is incredible. You're so much better than anyone else I've ever worked with. I'm so happy. The sellers are happy. They're, you know, everything is ha is wonderful. And then I say, okay, great. So I sent over his invoices and then he books me for two more photo shoots in the next week. And I'm like, okay, wow, this is great. I was actually kind of irritated that he did two at once because I really didn't want to give him those discounts in the first place. I only agreed to it because I thought this was going to be a rare occurrence for him, but he did it again. He booked two more photo shoots and I go there. I do the work. I did one that was really late and, you know, we did twilight. We did video. My God, we did a lot of work and that house was enormous. It was like 5,000 square foot plus. He wanted a virtual tour and floor plans. And then he has me doing all this work for a huge discount. So he saved so much money on that. 
So he was having me do all this work for him. And I knew that my invoices were not going to be as high as they should have been because of those little free things that I threw in. And I gave him a discounted rate on the square footage. So he has me doing these huge listings. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, did I mess myself up um, offering a discount on this when I secretly didn't think he was going to be able to cash it in. And sure enough, he was. True to my word, I did the work. I sent it over to him. And I sent in the invoices at the discounted rates. And then I waited. And I waited. And I waited. And he'd never paid any of them. So I don't know how much time had passed. Way too much time. I mean, like, weeks. And I'm just like, no, he's such a nice guy. He'll... He'll uh, take care of that. You know, I'm looking at all these invoices unpaid uh, every week when I check the account. And then finally, he books two more photo shoots with me a week ahead. So I call him up and I say, hey, what's the deal? And it was like I was speaking to a different person. He said, no, you didn't do this fast enough. The things weren't delivered the way I wanted. I need you to take 20% off the top and then I'll pay your invoices. <laughs> and... It was kind of blowing my mind. I, I didn't really, I, I didn't really believe him at first. We were kind of having, it was like we were having two different conversations. I, I honestly didn't think he was serious. You could hear it in the tone of his voice, but it just, it, it was so strange and different from what I was used to. It didn't really click until, you know, I can hear his voice really getting heated and he was actually arguing with me. And... He said, no, look, you're trying to be a businessman, but you're bad at it. How about we get off the phone and you think about this and then, you know, you're only probably making, what, $20 an hour for this work. So if you only really did work for five or six hours on location, you should only be getting this much money anyway. So you just think about it and call me back. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? I I was really blown away. He he told me to call him back right away. I didn't. I was still kind of in shock because uh, it wasn't, you know, 10 bucks he owed me for dinner. It was a lot of money from multiple photo shoots. And at this point, a couple of those houses had sold. So I felt like I was in a jam, but I also felt personally insulted by how rude he was. And I just couldn't believe it. So I, I called him back the next day and... I told him, no, I'm not going to reduce the invoices any further. You have a discount already. And for those photo shoots upcoming that we haven't done yet, and for all future business, I'm just going to revoke all your discounts that you have. So we're going back to full price on everything. Uh, so he said, okay, I didn't want you there anyway. And then he hangs up the phone on me. And it was so strange having gone through that experience. I didn't really think that people would be capable of doing something like that. I, I suppose because I'm not capable of doing something like that. He pretended to be, you know, my friend and that he was going to uh, give me all this work and we're going to have a great relationship. But he only did that to get me to do all this work. And who knows if he ever really intended to pay me. But we've since sorted that out the hard way. And let me tell you, when it was all said and done with, pretty much broke even on that one. It was an experience that didn't have to happen. I let his first couple invoices go and I agreed to taking less money and discounting this and being like, okay, I'll just do that for you. You're a nice guy. I want to work with you. And it really backfired on me. And of course, ever since then, I've been on top of my invoices. 
And I'm not sharing this because it's like some big sob story and woe is me. No, I really believe that it was my fault for letting the invoices go and just not catching on right away that this was going to be a problem uh, with that particular client. And I would have saved a whole lot more money. Those first two listings that he didn't pay right away, they were much smaller than the next two. And those invoices would have been low enough alone for me to just say, all right, I'm going to cut my losses and move on with my life. But I ended up putting in a lot of work. So these kinds of issues can be prevented by staying on top of your invoicing. You don't want to make the mistake that I did and do a whole bunch of work for someone that's not even planning on paying you back. If you at least reach out to someone, and if you don't hear anything back from them, if they don't even say, oh, you know, I saw the thing and I'm going to pay it, I just got to take care of it when I go to the office or, or something. If they set up some condition and a, and a deadline, that's fine. But if they're still not paying their invoices and they're still booking appointments with you, call them up in advance and just say, look, you got to pay your invoice from before or I can't do this follow-up shoot anymore because you're not doing this work for free you're getting paid and you need to make sure that you are getting paid for your work because your time is valuable the product that you're delivering is extremely valuable a real estate agent taking pictures on their phone compared to professional real estate photography photos it's going to make a huge difference in how a potential buyer is going to perceive a listing even a house that isn't in such good shape can look great with professional real estate photography. And that delivers a tremendous amount of value to the listing agent and to the seller of the house because they're trying to get buyers interested and offering. Real estate photography is important to the real estate sale. It's worth money. It's valuable. And we shouldn't let people behave as if it wasn't valuable and that it didn't mean anything, because that's just not true. And that's our episode. I've got a couple housekeeping things for you. If you've listened to the last few episodes, you've heard this before, feel free to tune out. Housekeeping. The full-time real estate photographer email is up. You can email me at fulltimerealestatephotographer at gmail.com. I look forward to getting in touch with you. If you have any questions, comments, feedback on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to answer questions. Anything that's relevant and appropriate to bring up on the show, I will read it. And I'll also read off your name so you know that the question was from you. And in addition to that, the Full-Time Real Estate Photography Podcast is just a small part of a much larger body of work that I am developing now. It's called the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer Course. It is an online course, a multimedia course. We have video and text to go with it. I'm actually writing a full-time real estate photographer book. I'm um, 11,000 words into it as of this recording in November 2018. Hopefully going to have it written up and edited and published in a month or two. I also want to get the course content up and running for pre-sales and promotions and special deals over the holiday season. Look out for some notifications there. I've been bringing these items up on the tail end of the podcast. Once the course and the book are live and ready for sale, 
I'll start bringing them in at the beginning of the podcast. So if you're one of those dedicated listeners waiting all the way to the end, bear in mind that when I start doing promotional sales and you know discount deals on the course and the book, I'm going to be announcing them here first. And then once everything goes live and then we start to get to the end of the sales, I'm going to start announcing them at the beginning. So I hope you'll be able to tune in for the entirety of future podcasts to get those updates. And this has been the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer Podcast, Episode 8, Getting Paid.